Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. Follow me on Twitter at Valley Indie and on Facebook by searching Valley Independent Sentinel. I just got a little programming note. Uh, I'm recording this in my basement. The guest is uh, on my computer phone type thing. Uh, my wife is working late. There may be screaming in the background. That's just my kids running around. I just want to throw that out there as a warning. Anyway, read Ansonia Derby Seymour News by visiting valleyindy.org. Those are the communities I cover in the lower Nautauk Valley of Connecticut. And the Valley Indy, by the way, is a nonprofit independent news site made possible thanks to grants from foundations and donations from readers. And I'm getting text alerts on my phone. How rude. Today or this <laughs> evening or right now, my guest is Rob Caprolozzi of Seymour. Welcome to Naval Gazing, Rob. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Rob is the director and producer of Halloween in a Box, a documentary that will screen 7 p.m. Friday, October 4th at the Naugatuck Event Center. That's on Rubber Avenue up there in Naugatuck. It's one of a series of events Rob and his wife Christine of the Horror News Network are presenting at the Event Center in October for tickets and tons of information, and I'm sure Rob will get into it a little bit as well. But you can visit SpookyOctober.com. Com. Is that all correct, Rob? I just want to make sure I'm not That's messing right. anything up. That, nope, that sounds perfect. Okay, and again, like we said, Rob, director, producer of Halloween in a Box. It looks like a fascinating documentary. Documentaries are big right now. And I just saw the other day this documentary, Halloween in a Box, was recently picked up for distribution and will be available uh, to stream in a couple of days, right, Rob? Bef- actually, before the premiere, right. people can see it if they if you know they want to do it that way. If they're not in Naugatuck, give me the details on right. what's going on. Sure. So it got picked up by uh, a company called Indie Rights, and um, so it's going to be they they basically um, as a distributor they push it out to um, streaming channels, video on demand. Uh, so it's going to be on Amazon as well as Google Play and a few others. Um, those are the ones I know. I don't know the others yet because they're, you know, they're still in the process of, um, kind of working to get it uploaded to them. But those are basically the, the big ones I would say. So that has to be huge for you. The fact that this thing is now going to be seen or very much has the potential to be seen. How does that feel just to have that happen? Uh, it feels, it's really good. I mean, it took, I've actually worked on the documentary four years and, uh, you know, uh, embarrassingly enough, a lot of it was, um, you know, me making mistakes. Um, you know, this is the first real film I've ever made. And, um, you know, so there was like a bunch of like trial and error when editing. Like I, I learned, you know, a whole bunch about um, audio. And, uh, you know, I definitely don't claim to be a, 
a um, you know a, a wizard on that, but there's definitely you know so much I learned on uh, you know going forward. So the next time, okay, I should do this to make things easier, or do this to make things faster. Um, but yes, yeah, so I started on it four years ago, and um, so you know I, I finally um, you know through once the process um, was over of me actually completing, I did all like the editing and, and everything myself. That's a ton um, of work. Even I just putting this podcast together once a week is a ton of work. So I can't I, even I imagine know, what this yeah. must have been like. But let's let's before we get too deep into it, let's tell people uh-huh. what this is about. I, I watched the trailer and I read some of the uh, press that's been out, and you had a ton of press this week uh, when the, the doc got picked up by a distributor. But it's about basically, in generally, the old school plastic Halloween costumes you and I uh, and so many people remember if you grew up, I guess, in the 60s, 70s, and uh, 80s. But it's it's much more than that. Give me a little flavor of the story you're telling. Okay. Yeah. Well, what it is, it's, um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, uh, kids that were our age growing up in those, those eras, you know, this was something that um, you would go to a store every Halloween and they'd have huge aisles set up and you would kind of um, pick through your costume. And, and, and it basically, it, I, I felt that the company, especially Ben Cooper, who is the most known um, Halloween in a box manufacturer or Halloween costume manufacturer, um, you know, played such a huge part, you know, because everybody you look at those and you pretty much know what they are. It's not something that you look at, which is foreign. You know, everybody has seen these pictures of, of costumes or worn them in the past. So um, basically what it does is it tells the story of Ben Cooper and their two uh, competitors, which are Halco and Collegeville. And so um, it kind of talks about, uh, you know, their beginnings, how they got started. It goes really deep into the licensing aspect. Um so, you know, they, they talk about um, how uh, they got the – one of the stories is how they got the Star Wars license and how they almost missed out on it. Uh, another story is, is it tells about, um, uh, you know, like uh, the, how Collegeville picked up the E.T. costume, but all they were able to see was the finger. Um, they were never able to see the creature. <laughs> So there's a lot of cool stories behind the licensing, but what I think really is it. Um, wait, before I know most, where you're going to go. You're going to go with the hook, but let me just interrupt for one second. Is uh-huh. this documentary <laughs> sort of along the lines of uh, there? What was it? The toys, the greatest toys that that Netflix documentary about all the. Uh, you know what? Is it sort uh, of like that? Because you know what? Honestly, I that's in my queue, but I've never watched it. Okay, I haven't had a chance to, so I can't say if it is. But there, there are a lot of it in the Halloween in the Box documentary. There's a lot of cool, um, you know, licensing stories in there. And, and and what it, you know, there's just like, you know, there's a handful of really cool things. Like if you're grew up being a Star Wars fan, it, it's almost like uh, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, and just- how Ben Cooper almost missed getting the license on that. And and, and you didn't see that other documentary, but I t- it's, it sort of sounds uh, similar because you hear these stories here. You know, I'm 45, grew up with Star Wars, uh-huh. of course, 45. I mean, uh, uh, Star Wars came out in, what, 76, 77, right? So yeah. it's always been this giant thing uh, for our generation and, and, and every generation since. And then you hear some of these stories how, you know, it was like seat of your pants. These guys would be working like out of a phone booth and suddenly they're getting the license to uh, to Star Wars, uh, how, how it was... <laughs> 
sort of so accessible before the whole uh, industry uh, took off. But I interrupted you because now, so it's a documentary about these these uh, costume manufacturers and uh, right. and their triumphs and getting these licenses and, and becoming a huge success. But then, right. So so uh, you know everything was flying high, like licenses were coming. Fast and Furious Halloween was an all-time high, and then all of a sudden, uh, in 1982, uh, at the end of September, a bunch of people started dying in the Chicago area, and they found out that it was the first case of domestic terrorism in the United States, which is the Tylenol crisis. Someone Mm. was going around poisoning Tylenol pills, and, you know, because of the timing of that, that made parents very wary to send their kids out trick-or-treating, um, you know, wondering what they may get in their bags. And a lot of um, towns across the United States canceled Halloween and trick-or-treating. And um, so basically what these costume manufacturers had to do, um, they came together to form uh, this really this alliance and this um, public relations campaign. And they put out this campaign which told um, parents and kids how to have a safe Halloween and basically check your candy and this and that. So it, it was a story that, you know, it, it, it's like showed these fierce competitors in business coming together for a common cause. And um, it, it's a really interesting story. And, and I think my favorite part about it was talking to people, you know, like you and like, you know, people our age. Uh, what I did is I had a lot of people send in photos and a lot of people sent in videos of them wearing these from back in the 60s and 70s, some even the 50s. Um, so all that, uh, all those, all the imagery is included in the documentary. And so the, the Tylenol scare or these uh, murders that happened uh, in 82, I mean, it, it decimated these companies almost. It almost, I, I guess it was life or death for them for a while. Or there was a question of whether they would survive. There was a question of whether Halloween would happen because the uh, you know legitimate fear combined with mass hysteria uh, really posed a problem for these uh, companies business-wise, I assume? It, that, that's exactly right, because if, you know, if trick-or-treating ceased to exist, then, you know, the whole costuming and these people's business would be absolutely wiped out. And, you know, I mean, some of these, these companies, you know, employed hundreds of people. Um, so it, it was really interesting to see, you know, hear how competitors came together to uh, kind of overcome this obstacle that they were faced with. And actually, to this day, the Tylenol murders have never been solved. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, it was it was all of a sudden. And, and, and the strange thing is um, I actually had the opportunity to speak with a woman. Uh, it, it's not included in the documentary, uh, but I actually had the opportunity to speak with the uh, one of the, the, the daughters of... Uh, one of the mothers that died in the uh, Tylenol crisis. And, and, you know, she was telling me that there were even reports of, you know, a few days before, like people dying of mysterious deaths or people dying in car accidents, just they couldn't figure out causes. And so, I mean, this thing could have spread wider than, you know, anyone could have ever imagined. But it was was definitely interesting to see how this – how how uh, a like I mean many people don't know that this is a you know the first terrorist act in in the United States and it was it was pretty interesting to see how these companies were um, you know how they were how they dealt with this. 
And then uh, in terms of how the heck, how in the wide world of sports, of all the things to make a documentary about, I mean, I remember the Tylenol scares. I remember wearing my Gene Simmons uh, plastic mask in 1979 when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> but where did this yeah. idea for a story come from, a documentary come from? Well, you know what? I mean, honestly, the to me, that kind of imagery nothing is as cool to look at and is and, and I mean it, it's also really cool to look at but at the same time it's also super terrifying if you see some of these pictures um you know of, of these kids wearing these masks it, it just looks really creepy but so I I really love looking at like the imagery of people and their you know in their Halloween costumes and and you know it was such a big part of Halloween growing up for me that I, um, you know, I mean, Halloween to me was always a good time as a kid. Um, you know, you would go out with your parents and you would, um, go door to door trick or treating. So it was, it was something that like it, it had a good memory for me. And I always remember, um, you know, going out and I, you know, I, I was doing research on the companies and I found that there really wasn't much. Well, what and made so, you, let me just interrupt you though. What made you, cause I feel the same way you feel, but I never thought mm-hmm. to myself, wow, who made my Gene Simmons costume? Like what made you start to even <laughs> think like that? I never would have thought to do that. Like how did that happen? I mean, you know, I think it goes, you know, I've always been, you know, obviously a horror fan and, like uh, Halloween is always my favorite holiday. And I think, um, you know, I kind of got to that because I was like um, looking at all old photos. I mean, I, I don't know if you, you're aware of this, but on eBay, you could go on, you could buy old actual photos of people. And I was like, what? Wow, this is really cool. Yeah. Like, so I have no you know, idea. Wow. Will, like, yeah, people will find like photos of, you know, I don't know if they go to like a, a flea market or someone's tag sale or whatever they they, they buy like old Halloween pictures. And I was like, wow, I was looking at these. I was like, these are really cool. It reminds me of, you know, my time as, as a kid growing up wearing that. And, um, you know, I wanted, I was doing more info and, and I couldn't find a lot of info. And that is what really, you know, made me want to kind of get the information. This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Don't get spooked by planned giving. Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what mattered to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action will inspire others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. So it's like you like the imagery, you have uh, strong memories of it, but there's something about you that's sort of a, a completionist of some kind when you get, when you get a hold of an idea or something, you just have to like yeah, get I, it down to its I root. And then, <laughs> so you were obsessed with this, would you say, or am I just being yeah, newspaper reporter like? No, uh, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, you know, some people into, are into like Harley Davidson's or whatever. And, and this is, if you think about it in this aspect, this is a product that touched millions, if not billions of people hmm. in the United States. And there's no information about it at all, hmm. rather than, okay, the company name, who are the people behind it? 
why did they do this? Like, um, you know, who were some of their employees and how did they get these licenses? That, that was something that really interested me. And that's kind of why, why I went, um, yeah. And uh, the your story on this. You're, uh, you run Horror News Network, and anybody uh, who doesn't know, Rob and his wife Christine also do the CT Horror Fest, which was just held uh, a week or two ago, a fantastic event, uh, the sixth annual one. They're, they're connected to Larry Dwyer of CT Cult Classics, so they're putting on a lot of good programming uh, here in the Naugatuck Valley, but uh, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Oh, I don't mean to belabor the point, but okay, so you could have written a story about this for the website. How did it turn into, uh, I'm going to make a documentary about this and did you have any did you go to film school or anything like that how did you I did. it's funny I never went to film school but I do do videos for my day job um, you know uh, so that's where I kind of I knew the software and I think what made me want to do a documentary on it is because um, you know on YouTube I saw a lot of the videos like there, there's a lot of um, I wouldn't say a lot but there's a decent amount of um, you know, people uploaded their Halloween from like 1975 or 19, you know, 68. So, um, you know, just seeing that imagery was so cool. And, you know, like the vintage grainy footage and, uh, you know, I was like, man, I, I, I want to put this together and do something more with it. And, and, uh, it just kind of went from there. And how did you say line up your first couple of interviews? I assume, I mean, in the trailer, it looks like there's some uh, former employees, uh, maybe even some of the, right. uh, the the big wigs in there. How did you track them yeah. down? How did you get your first interview? Where where did you decide? Okay, I'm going to start right here. Well, this this was the most difficult part because um, these companies, both uh, Ben Cooper and Collegeville, both both ended in, I believe it was 92 and then 1994. Hmm. So, you know, this is like, you know, pre-internet. Pre-internet, yeah. Uh, Hard to get info. And then so, right, and those guys, you got to figure that were running the company at least were like in their mid-40s or 50s at that age, right? And so it it was really difficult to hunt these guys down. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, try doing a search for Cooper and, you know, the last name Cooper. And there's like probably hundreds of thousands of people with that last name, you know, and, uh, um, come to find out the Cooper I was looking for doesn't even live in the United States. He's in Hong Kong. So, um, uh, <laughs> of course he's know, still so importing yeah, I mean, things. He's one of those, is he's one of those business guys, I guess, that are always, <laughs> yeah, they're always doing something. He's, he's, Big, a madman yeah, big into licensing and it was uh it was crazy because it was really hard well how'd you get him in hong kong yeah, how did you yeah. end up getting him uh... um you know what i i ended up lucking out and getting in touch with uh a, um someone that knew a brother of his but they were kind of disconnected and his brother was in arizona and then you know he kind of gave me a clue that he that he was in hong kong and then I had to kind of go from there and, and research and find him through that. Um, so, so that was that was the the harder one. Uh, the other guy is uh, was in um, still lived in Pennsylvania. Uh, that guy that owned Collegeville, and uh, the guy, the last owner of Helco. Uh, we didn't get to talk to him on film, but uh, you know he did answer a bunch of questions uh, from us. And his name was Irving Halpern, and I believe he was 97 years old. So, oh, wow. um, and they so were all happy was, to talk. Uh, they were all, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. You know what? I mean, it was. I, I think it was a little difficult for them because, uh, you know, their their businesses kind of 
got bought out. And, and so it wasn't something that they were, I think, overjoyed to, to speak about. But, you know, I think how I presented it to them that I'm, you know, that I'm a huge fan and, you know, you guys have touched like so many people's lives with your products. And um, that's kind of like what got them, what got them talking and they were all nice and, you know, good enough, you know, to meet me and, 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 you know, we did the interviews and uh, that was that. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun and interesting. The, the stories uh, were really amazing. Uh, you know, I met a bunch of amazing people. I met um, the actual artist that did all the Ben Cooper costumes, Frank Romano. He's oh. 95 years old. And okay. He's, he's absolutely amazing. And that's, okay, so he was at the CT Horror Fest on September 14th. Right. That, oh, and that's so fascinating. Be, yeah, he's actually going to be at the premiere of Halloween in a Box as well. Um, so he's going to be there with his artwork and we're probably going to do a Q and a after the show. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure there's like tons of stories that guy still has to tell, which hasn't even come out yet. And then in terms of the Tylenol scare sort of being, I assume, and I haven't seen the documentary, but, uh, of Tylenol scare being the villain for lack of a better word of this uh, <clears throat> story. Did you know that going in? Were you aware that of the impact that, that, uh, domestic terrorism had on the industry or was that something you found out as you were doing the interviews and making the doc already? That's pretty much something I found out as I was doing a little more research. Okay. Um, and, and all that, it, it was interesting to see, I mean, because, you know, there were people were really scared of losing their jobs and, um, you know, so that was something that, that came out, you know, because you originally you wouldn't think how would the Tylenol scare affect like a, you know, manufacturers of Halloween costumes, right, you know, right. and then, then when you hear about it, you're like, wow, that, that's how it can. And I mean, of course, there's, there's like so many other industries, the candy industry is also, you know, had to be affected by that as well, because, you know, back then they were just like dumping things in bags and, you know, then all the fears of like razors and apples came out and still and, pops and so, up on Facebook every year. Yeah. On some of these community pages. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, you know, that, that's, that's exactly, you know, kind of like where, where all of this stemmed from. It it was a really scary time. You know, I mean, you know how it was in the, in the seventies and eighties, you rode your bike with no helmet and you, you didn't come in until it was dark outside, you know, things were much different. And, and that was kind of like the thing that woke parents up, you know, to think, wow, you know, things aren't all right you know so it was a it was a pretty scary time and then in terms of uh local people involved in this doc uh like i saw just on facebook uh, one of your i guess the narrator is from shelton is there are there any other uh valley folks involved in the making of this and anybody you want to give a shout out i'm sure this must have been a team effort to some extent yeah, yeah, it's you know so Nick Banks who who's also a member of Horror News Network and Connecticut Horror Fest. Uh he has a much better voice than me and uh he so I asked him to narrate it and uh he did an awesome job. Um and um Colleen uh Caffin also um she also is on the Connecticut Horror Fest team. She um you know helped me out with script editing. And, um, she, you know, you know, fixed up the script and gave me suggestions. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, my wife helped, um, some of the production coordination and, uh, so, so it definitely was a team effort and I'm happy that it's, you know, completed. I'm happy that it's, you know, to this, to this, um, to this point where it's getting ready 
to premiere, you know. Uh, so it's really exciting. Yeah, it is. And it just sounds like a really cool documentary, although I guess I'm biased. I'm, well, everybody, you know what, though? Do, documentaries are now huge. I mean, Netflix documentaries, there's like one a week. Uh, you know, the true crime ones are, are huge. But then there's all these other ones that are sort of along this lines where there's a nostalgia factor and, uh, right. you know, you're just delving into something that you automatically love and it's a part of your childhood and, and to learn so much about it uh, is pretty cool. Now, let's go through uh, quickly some of the other events because this is part of a series of events that you and the team are, are organizing up there at the Naugatuck Event Center, I guess as part of uh, right. Spooky Halloween. I don't know why I can't speak. I'm stuttering over my... I haven't even been drinking. <laughs> I apologize. But it's, just, it's been a long week. It's Friday. It's been a long week. I've been People have been killing me on Facebook all week. But okay, so go uh, through, woe is me. What are some of the other events generally uh, that are happening? I know you've got like a, a talk on the Salem Witch Trials and beyond, yeah, I guess, the so Connecticut part of that. Right. So basically, we, we start out with Halloween in a Box on October 4th. On the 5th, we have um, something which I'm really excited for. Uh, we're having uh, someone come up and talk about uh, UFOs. So it's called UFOs Over Connecticut. And he's going to tell um, you know um, some stories about UFOs, uh, about um, you know cases in Connecticut and the Hudson Valley, um, as well as talk about some... Um, more national news, which is happening right now, um, you know. So, so that's something we that we're really excited about. We also have um, the following week is uh, the legacy of the Connecticut witch trials, which is um, which is interesting because actually the Connecticut witch trials happened prior to the Salem witch trials, mm. and um, so uh, we're going to have um, a few authors talk about that there, and uh, so. Uh, some other events we have coming up are uh, we're going to have like a little flea market uh, one weekend uh, where, you know, people selling Halloween and uh, basically Halloween um, items and, and some horror items. And uh, they're going to be, uh, you know, they're the vendors there and people, it's free of charge. People could come in and take a look at the vendors, buy what they want. Um, and, and, you know, we also have this uh, paranormal event coming up. Yes. Uh, we, that that's going to be really cool because um, we have a few people that are that are really big in the uh, paranormal field. We have Jason McLeod and the L words to name a few. Um, um, Larry Elward is is actually an exorcist and has performed over a hundred exorcisms. Um, and these guys have both worked with the Warrens. So um, I had a chance really to talk excited. to. Uh, I'm sorry, I keep stepping on you, but I had a chance to Not talk there. to Jason McLeod at your yep. CT Horror Fest. And he, he was telling me Derby stories that happen uh, right here in Derby. He didn't say, I tried to get him to tell me specifically where, because I wanted to know if it was my house or not, but he wouldn't budge on that. <laughs> but he had some pretty, he, yeah, and I had no idea, uh, excuse my ignorance, I had no idea who he was or that he had worked with the Warrens. So it was a very uh, interesting interview. And then, of course, I spelled his last name wrong, which just is great. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's so cool. You, I mean, if, if people are looking for something to do uh, you know, Halloween related, there's something to do just about every single weekend. Thanks to yeah, Rob, uh, Christine and the team up there at the Naugatuck event center. That's awesome. And, and you mentioned one event we're throwing, not at the event center. Uh, you mentioned Larry earlier, he's doing the, um, Halloween four and five at the strand in Seymour. He's delving uh, so deep into the Halloween uh, lineage there with those yeah. two. 
Exactly, and we just had uh, Danielle Harris and Don Shanks from Halloween Five at Horror Fest. So okay, I was going to ask. Was, uh, I couldn't remember like where which Halloween Danielle Harris uh, fits into, but that's the one, huh? Yep, four and five. Yep. Oh, no kidding! All right, yeah, that's awesome. All right, so uh, is there anything else you wanted to add, Rob, or maybe that uh, I haven't asked you that you wanted to stress about Halloween in a box? Uh, you know, I just think it's um, it, it's nothing off the top of my head. I just think it's a, a pretty cool story if you like pop culture. Um, I mean, the, the really cool thing is, is learning about like the, the different licenses, like the Star Wars license, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles license, um, He-Man, and it's 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 interesting to see um, you know how these guys went about obtaining the license, and uh, you know there's some cool stories behind it. You know what I got to ask you though, Rob, before I let you go, what costumes did you have? And did you ask them like, why were they so blinding? You'd put it on, you were just totally blind in those things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's got to go back to like, you know, when we were growing up, anything went, man, you went, you sat in the car without a seatbelt, you know, it was just anything went, you know? Um, I mean, I had, you know, I wore so many of those costumes. I mean, I remember a Wolfman one year, Godzilla, Wow. Um, there, there were, there was tons. There was, there was like, I, I had so many, um, you know, there's actually a picture of me in like a devil, uh, costume, which is included in, in the documentary as well. Um, so yeah, I had so many of them and they were so fun to me. It was so cool to go to the store and, and like, just be able to like search through all these boxes and, 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 and see what one you were going to be. That, that was really cool. All right, Rob. Hey, thanks a lot uh, for joining me, and best of luck with the documentary. If anybody wants to check it out, you can see it in person, 7 p.m. Friday, October 4th at the Naugatuck Event Center, or you can check it out streaming on services such as Amazon and others. October 1st, is that correct? It'll be on that October early? 1st. October 1st. That's right. Mm -hmm. October time 1st. for Halloween. Awesome. All right, Rob. Happy Halloween, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good night.
dinosaur. Yeah, ride the dinosaur. Deadlines, bylines, pictures too. Whoa. An editorial comment for a buck or two. Whoa. Fire down the block, the murder next door. Whoa. And now we wonder what it's all for. Whoa. Social media coming pretty a funny pages. The mayor's wages, criminal seats, corruption schemes. Ink state wretches asking tough questions. Well, ride the dinosaur. Yeah, ride the dinosaur. The presses are running all through the night. We're printing the truth with all of our might. We're platform agnostics, got that interweb too. Buy an ad, see what we can do. We still have subscribers, still have our fans. We're here every day, so give us a chance and we'll make an art stand. Just hold us in your hand, yeah, and we'll ride the dinosaur. Yeah, ride the dinosaur.